Hello, my friends. Welcome to today's special edition of Pensive Politics with Mr. Watson. I am your host, Christian Watson. It is good to be with you guys today. This country's on fire, guys. I, I, I'm not even going to, 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 to utter pleasantries and do the formalized introductions and, and engage in traditional mores and customs that Pensive Politics bears. I'm not going to do all that stuff. If you are at least a bit familiar with what has happened, transpired over the past seven hours, and most importantly, over the past two or three hours, you will understand what I just said. If not, or if you're listening to this on a later date, I'll explain it to you. But this country is on fire. When I say this country is on fire, we are experiencing an existential conflict about the identity of America. The means of preserving the identity of America. And how we all relate to those two things under that big umbrella. So you guys probably realize that I am referencing what has happened in Washington, D.C. today with the Save America rally, which largely for a few hours until what happened when I'm about to talk about was largely a peaceful rally. So I have been up since 9 a.m., watching coverage of the Save America rally. The doors opened at 7 a.m. The event started in front of the White House and featured many superstar speakers in the MAGA world, Eric Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Guilfoyle, all those people. The president himself came out there and he spoke. And of course, they are all gathering to... Stop the still in their words, and to resurrect Donald Trump's presidency into a second term. That's why they're gathering. And look, guys, I, if you expect me to sit here and disparage Trump supporters, I'm not going to do it. Am I a Trump supporter myself? N not, not really. I don't really support, but it's not because of him. I just don't really support any politician. Get this. The last politician that I really supported was when I was 12 years old and a, a man named Ron Paul was running. But it wasn't even him that I supported. It was the ideas that he shepherded through politics, through political consideration, and through the halls of Congress that I supported. And I have, and when I, when he, when Ron Paul lost, I vowed to myself that I would always be wedded to ideas, because ideas can't lose entirely. Ideas can be defeated, but they can't be defeated by the ballot box entirely. People can say, well, voters reject this idea, but an idea has a jurisdiction which extends beyond the purview of the ballot box. Whereas politicians are expendable and can be invalidated with a single instance of their impropriety, or a single misstep, or a single vote. So I vowed to myself never to be wedded to any politician. So I'm not a Trump supporter primarily because I don't support any politician. There have been good things the president has done that I support. There have been some things that I've not been in agreement with. My viewers should know this. This should be no surprise. But am I going to sit here and Unleash a shot salvo amongst Trump supporters because they feel aggrieved and they feel as if there's been some corruption and some graft that has occurred within this election. Of course I'm not. No. I don't personally, entirely, 100%, 
I'm not there, but I'm not going to disparage them. That'd be condescending. That'd be wrong. And I want anyone and everyone who believes in individual liberty, who believes in the promise of this country, who believes in the principles of this country, who believes in limited government, who believes in individualism, many of those values which many Trump supporters share, I want any and everyone to come beneath the umbrella of Pence politics and come beneath the umbrella of my brand and feel embraced because I love you and I want you and I care about you. So I'm not, if you're expecting me to attack Trump supporters, you got the wrong person, go watch Kyle Kalinske or Cenk Uger or one of those other nut jobs, one of those other philosophically inept, ideologically possessed idiots. Excuse my language, excuse the ad hominem, but still, go watch them if you want to hear rank, surface level, unenlightened, boilerplate attacks on people. You're not going to get that from Christian Watson. I'm sorry. So I'm not going to attack them for believing the election was stolen. Because for a good majority of this Save America rally, things were fine. Things were peaceful. Then the president exhorted his followers to go over and march to the Capitol. Now, he did not once say, go be violent. And people are blaming Trump for what happened. Now, Boston knew what happened. He did not once say, go be violent. He did not once say, go destroy. He didn't say anything. He simply said, go and march the cap to the Capitol to show the support for the Congress people who are rejecting the election outcome. That's what the president said. Again, no exhortations for violence. No rudeness. Simply go and be in support. Well, the problem is when passions run high. And our perceptions of reality dictate our actions. And our actions don't correspond to reality in the sense that they completely miss the virtue of rationality, as Ayn Rand would say, in the virtue of pursuing justice. Not a sort of moderate justice like Aristotle would posit, but a simple justice or injustice, as Grotius and the natural law theorists of old would say. When in the course of those things, in due course... Passions run high, irrationality can take in. It can take over. It can usurp the third element of our souls, which Aristotle would say makes us human, our rationality. And you saw you saw a mass usurpation of rationality on display at around 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the United States Capitol. Because around that time, is when many people, under the banner of the president, began breaking windows, creating battering rams, destroy doors, and doing all manner of not only unlawful but unethical things to force their way into the United States Capitol building to voice their discontent up close and personal with the various senators and representatives who were present today. It's around 2 o'clock, 2.40. I was watching the entire thing. I've been watching the, the events unfold throughout the entire day. I've been watching it on YouTube. I've been watching several live streams back to back. And when I saw reports of some of people forcing their way into the Capitol, I thought to myself, this is peculiar. Because 
you've seen other things happen in other parts of the country. You saw in Oregon, the Proud Boys forced their way into the Oregon State Capitol. Although I understood why they did that, and I was actually in support of them peacefully being able to observe the hearings that were taking place behind the walls of power in the Capitol. I don't mind the Proud Boys or any American citizen demanding transparency from their government. Uh, the problem is, that was not the same case here, because these hearings were televised into an international audience, and any one of these protesters could have easily looked on their phones, or went back to their hotel rooms, because most people were not native, not native D.C., and they could have quite easily just watched the hearings happen. So this was not a transparency issue, because I already detected that argument. It was not a transparency issue. Another argument I've seen posited for this kind of behavior is that this is the people's house and therefore we should be able to go in whenever we want to. Now, I entirely agree and there is a valid sense of frustration here, my friend. Oftentimes, the government posits itself as an elite ruler, as an overlord, as a sort of Machiavellian construct which suppresses the will of those of whom they are meant to serve. Although, I find that many people making this argument are far more concerned about the public being served simply for the sake of the public rather than the public being served when the public is extolling the correct ideas and is therefore being virtuous. A politician is not meant to serve you because you're their constituent. A politician is meant to uphold the United States Constitution. If we were to endorse the sort of moral relativism bequeathed by popularity, bequeathed by the sort of utilitarian calculus, that would mean all manner of atrocious and unjust policies could be justified. Universal health care could be justified if it became popular. As a more extreme case, um, uh, increased taxation could be justified if it became popular. As a really extreme case, mass execution of one's enemies could be justified if it became popular. Popularity, the argument from authority, which is a logical fallacy and an inerrancy in, in, in reasoning, an inerrancy which, when you have an er error in reasoning, you have a, a, a defect in the wills of reason which stop those wills from turning towards the truth. So when you embrace a sort of utilitarian argument from popularity, argument from tradition, nonsense, you not only get the possibility for unethical things to happen, you assign moral value to an amorphous agent. The crowds, the public, the people, they are amorphous. We don't know who those are. It could be anyone. And if you're going to have a consistent ethical standard, you cannot have, at the same time, an amorphous value. So not only do you put us in peril by pairing us with potentially dastardly ethical precepts, which violate rights. Well, Christian, why should I care if rights are violated? Because if your rights are violated, you cannot live morally or responsibly or even freely. That's why. Because I know there's someone going to say, well, Christian... Just give us a more broader explanation of why rights are important. Because what if I don't agree with your view of rights? So then what? Um, don't give me a textbook argument. Uh, okay. 
if you don't think freedom, you are affirming the necessity of freedom by being able to make that argument. Freedom is quite literally animating your being, even if you are in ignorance of its effects and its properties. But anyway, other than just being paired with that precarious possibility of ethics violations and rights violations, it doesn't even give us a strong foundation by which to make ethical or moral determinations in the first place. So this idea of this being the people's house, and therefore the people can seize it, has no logical grounds. The capital is meant to be a place where liberty is preserved, and government is kept in check within its proper functions. Now, we understand the government has become this monstrous appendage which has grown and grown and grown and grown and grown and grown and, grown and just expanded ridiculously throughout the years. And has gone into places where it was never meant to go into. It's infiltrated the church. As we see with Newsom in California. Uh, trying to present, prevent people from being able to congregate and worship within their own property. It's infiltrated our homes. With these pernicious attacks against the Second Amendment. It's infiltrated. Do I need to keep going? It's infiltrated the schools. By trying to enforce certain doctrinal beliefs into children's heads in the name of enlightenment. Do I need to explain what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm, you guys know what I'm talking about. The government's appendages has just gone everywhere. Hey, we have they have gone into other nations where we have seen it fit to bomb them if they do not respond pleasantly to our hegemonic decrees. Or if they threaten our financial interests with oil. Or if they're a dictator that we funded for like decades, like Gaddafi was, and they don't do what we say anymore, we'll go in and just bomb them and leave their country in disarray and create more anti-American sentiment. That's what, that's what happens. <laughs> if I don't laugh, I'm going to cry, people. If I don't laugh, I'm going to cry. What in the world do you have any business calling yourself a patriot or a Christian? We'll get to that in a moment. A Christian. A patriot or a Christian going to the Capitol, destroying windows, destroying doors, putting the lives of people, staffers, congresspeople, and everything at risk, threatening politicians in the name of what? Righteousness? In the name of correcting an injustice? You are committing injustice. You are sowing injustice. What's wrong with you? Are you going to be so incensed, so captured by what Aristotle would call the sensitive soul, your feelings, your passions, that you cannot hit that maximal quality of being human? Now Aristotle would say, and this is why I depart, that getting to that maximum quality, being the best human you can be, that's a you thing. You determine how to do that. No, there's an actual objective way about how you do that. Because if anyone can just go ahead and do their own little thing, then how in the world do you expect to ever obtain true virtue, Aristotle? It's not relative to you. There, are, is, there is an objective path to virtue. 
there is an objective path to righteousness. These, the tenets of those things are written out in the concepts. They are not divined by our actions. They are not divined by every step we take, in the words of Bobby Brown. It's a great song, by the way, too. That's a very good song, actually. Very good song. And then these people who are storming this place have the nerve to call themselves Christians. Now look. Maybe I'm hypocritical here. Because my homosexuality is seen by many to be an affront to my ability to be a Christian. So maybe I'm just being a hypocrite here. Maybe I'm wild. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm just being incoherent here. Maybe I don't have any room speaking. But guess what? The words I'm saying are divorced from my sexual propensities. The words I'm saying don't tie into any of that. So I guess I'll just say it. The Bible is very clear in Corinthians. God does everything in the decency and in order. Do you don't believe me? Let me okay, uh, okay, I'll read it for you then. This is 1 Corinthians 14. Starting at the first verse. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him. But he others mysteries in the Spirit. He's he's talking about connecting with God through speaking in tongues, which is considered to be a charismatic practice these days, although it is actually quite biblical, and it happens uh, in the Bible as well. But he's talking about all these ways to connect God. And a part of connecting to God, and mystics have taken this idea, and they've gone a little bit long with it. A part of connecting to God is perfecting your thinking, having the conception in your head, the conception of what you're interacting with to be correct. Even those who are entirely wrong and abide by materialistic principles have this idea down. And his speech before the Communist League, Marx, who was a materialist, an atheist, a determinist, he was everything wrong, he was completely unvirtuous, he was full of vice. Even Marx said, we have to have the conception correct, comrades. So just as someone who can practice evil and practice vice and deny the fruits of our humanity, deny the fruits of our individuality... Once us, you have you have a conception so you can do that. The Bible says you need to have a conception so you can interact with God and be just and be righteous. It goes on to say, brothers, be not children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. Because in the law it is written by people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this pe- this people. And even then, they will not listen to me, saith the Lord. You need to make sure your mind is correct before you can truly interact with God. Is it, a, is it the mark of a mature mind to go and destroy a window in the name of correcting a perceived wrong? Or even a, a legitimate wrong? 
Is the mark of a mature mind to go ahead and lambast and attack personally people who don't do the same thing you want them to do? Is it the mark of a mature... I'm going to lose some followers from this. <laughs> I don't care, though. I want to be a conservative media, but dang it, I'm going to speak the truth. Is it the mark of a mature mind to go ahead and proceed as if this is a zero-sum game in which even the police... By virtue or by vice of their badge, by virtue or by vice of, of their uniform, by virtue or by vice of their alignment, are enemies in your little war. Is it the mark of a mature mind or is it the mark of a childish, infantile, single-track mind? I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter. And then so... He says all of this stuff. At the end of Corinthians, this chapter of Corinthians, when he's done saying all this stuff, all things should be done decently and in order in the context of speaking in tongues. So speaking in tongues, remember what we just said, conveys the conception of God us being able to conceive him correctly and connect to him but that needs to be done in decency and in order you can't just do it similarly you cannot use God's name or do any action in this world without things happening in decency and in order what I saw in Washington today is not an example of decency. It's not an example of order. It is an example of absolute sheer chaos. Absolute sheer primality taking over your senses and subordinating you to mediocrity, subordinating you to every single thing which you have been running away from for the rest of your life since your development that you have been trying to get away from as you grow up, as you subordinate all these passions, all these desires from a certain part of your soul down so you can be an intelligent, rational human being. All the civilizational constructs that exist so that you can be you can keep it together. Everything is being rebelled against in Washington today. Everything. And I'm getting sick and tired of watching my country. And I'm getting sick and tired of watching people, many of whom are well-intentioned, do absolutely disgraceful, malicious, baleful things in the name of righteousness. You do not convey righteousness. You do not convey anything that is of a higher order. You do not convey prudence. You do not convey a mature mind. Okay, I gotta, I gotta go to a break before I have an aneurysm. We're going to talk more about this. Because it doesn't end there. I'm seeing all kind of crazy stuff happen in this, this Save America rally. We have to talk about. Because if you think this is going to help freedom, or help liberty, or even help President Trump, you got nothing coming. You got another thing coming, man. My God. All right, guys. Again, if you like us, please subscribe, follow us, Pencil Politics, all platforms. Please, it helps me a lot. I love all of you guys. I'm going to go for a break, and we'll see you back here in a second.
Alright everyone, yeah, that was a very intense, that was a very intense segment, I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. And this is not going to be any less intense. <laughs> because there is a fire within me that radiates for the desire for justice and genuine righteousness to come out of this entire debacle at the Capitol. And let me, let me be clear. Not everyone was partaking in the kind of actions I talked about, the kind of immature, lower order, violent, coercive actions, but there were enough, a sizable minority perhaps, that were encouraged by the anger and the shrill passions they have pent up inside of them, that it deserves to be talked about. It deserves to be critiqued. It must be addressed. I was just—I was, I was actually sad when I saw what BLM and Antifa, Antifa, did this summer across the nation in Kenosha, in Minneapolis, across the nation in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, area that that is very near where I live. When these riots and from the left absolutely gripped the nation. Destroyed the sense of security with Chaz over in the West Coast in Seattle. Destroyed the security. Destroyed the rights. Obliterated families' abilities to live for so many years. And impaired the morals and conduct which allow all of us to live responsibly our rights. Our absolute rights. Upon which this country is enshrined and predicated upon. When I saw what happened in Seattle, I was sad and I was incensed. I had the same kind of emotions that I have right now. The same kind of emotions. The exact same kind of emotions. But I suppose this is a little bit more raw. Because I was watching an event which was supposed to be a gathering of people who are concerned about what they see as a big issue with our electoral system, who want to partake in the refinement, in the restorative therapy, so to speak, that they would like to restore this. That is what I saw, and even if one does not agree entirely with their propositions, and I've told you guys at the beginning of the broadcast, eh, I don't know, but... Even, I can respect that, but what I can't respect is the violence. What I cannot expect, respect, is the coercion. So right now, I have put up on my screen a picture of Nick Fuentes. And if you guys don't know who Nick Fuentes is, Nick Fuentes is a nationalist, identity-based authoritarian who has an army of people called Groypers, who are also nationalist, and who have a strong aspect of racial identity as a part of their kind politics. He is a young wonder kind on the internet. He has amassed hundreds of thousands of followers with his brand of politics. I'm seeing Nick Fuentes. A picture of Nick Fuentes. This is from Ian Miles Chong. Good guy. His Twitter. Vandalizing the office of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. It shows Fuentes with a phone held up to the screen 
laughing as his followers appear to do destructive things to Pelosi's office. So tell me something. Do, do you... Do you guys genuinely think that people like Nick Fuentes and the Grapers are Antifa? Because a lot of people are saying, oh, this is Antifa. Don't worry, these are not Trumpers. These are, this is Antifa. And guess what? I'm willing to entertain the possibility that the, some of the people doing this are Antifa plants meant to disturb the image of the MAGA movement. I'm willing to believe that. But when you have true believers like Nick Fuentes, who is certainly not an Antifa person, who has been targeted by Antifa numerous times, and really believes in this kind of ideology, then you have to ask yourself, okay, when are we going to accept responsibility for our actions? When are we going to accept responsibility for the violence, for the coercion, for the vandalism, for the violations of property rights and individual rights? When are we going to respect? Like you, you cannot deflect responsibility forever. You just can't. And so, as I make this broadcast at about about five fifty three p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I believe the Capitol, and I'm I'm saying I believe because I circumstances are developing very fast, very quickly. I believe the Capitol has now been reclaimed. The pictures I am seeing right now, I'm looking at Reuters right now. The inside of the Capitol has been reclaimed. And there appear to be what looks like cages coming in between the columns that are right below the rotunda, the Capitol rotunda. Which is the most visible thing when you're coming into D.C. I've been on flights to D.C. before and I've seen that rotunda. Very beautiful. But on the Capitol steps, of course, and surrounding it, there's still a large amount of protesters. And hey, look, fine, I don't mind you protesting, that's fine. I mind violence. I mind coercion. I mind rebelling against the ancient texts and approaching these things with the mind of a child. You should be an infant in evil. You should be an infant in destruction. But you should be an adult in prudence. Be an infant in evil. But be an adult in prudence. Be an infant in evil. Man, you, don't get, you guys don't understand this. Be an infant in evil. Subordinate your passions. And allow your mind to take over. But... Jesus Christ. Excuse me, I need my coffee because this is a lot there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Excuse me. Gotta hold it together, Christian. Part of me didn't even want to do the show today. Part of me wanted to just sit down and watch this unfold. And when I get done with this show, once I, once I edit it and everything, I'm, I want you guys to listen to it, obviously, but I'm going to largely just sit down and watch the rest of this for the rest of the night just unfold. Because I'm not someone who likes hot takes. If you guys know what that is, that's basically when you make a, you say an opinion in the midst of a situation 
you try to be the first one with an opinion, with a out with typically a controversial opinion. That, that's that's not knowledge production. That's not that Socratic belief of self-examination. That's not prudence. A hot take is not prudence. It's an attempt at vain instant gratification. But I was I was supposed to do a show anyway today. Now I do have COVID. I, I'm sorry I didn't tell you guys that I do have COVID. So my energy levels have been depleted, so I've not been able to do shows very recently, although I've been doing a lot of YouTube stuff. If you guys want to go do my YouTube channel, want to look at it, Christian Watson, please want to donate to me so I can keep doing videos, please do that. My PayPal is at, is at official C. Watson, shameless plug, sorry. <laughs> um, but when I, I, I saw this going on, I just had to do a show. I just had to. I just had to. So... We have to ask ourselves something, my friends. Because literally, almost every major figure on the right, whether it's Lauren Chen, whether it's Laura Ingram, whether it's uh, Levin, Glenn Beck, the president himself, every major figure on the right has come out in unequivocal condemnation of what has happened today. Now, there are some people who perplex me. Brandon Tatum. Brandon Tatum, one of the, the co-captains of Brexit, Blexit, a movement that I respect. He said, this was not Antifa doing this, these were Trump supporters, and I don't blame them. You don't blame them, Brandon Tatum. On what level are they doing themselves a service? On what level are they staying true to the ideas they claim to postulate, they claim to believe in? Brandon Tatum, I don't understand. This is not to disparage Brandon. Look, uh, I believe when you have disagreements with those you care about and your peers, you're supposed to talk about them respectfully. So I don't have anything against Brandon. He does some great work. I encourage you guys to go check out his YouTube channel if you can. He does some great work. But I have a problem with encouraging violence. And I have a problem with being lukewarm towards violence. When you are so invested in the movement, I don't care who the president is, I don't care who the politician is, I don't care who the deity is, you, if you're going to be radical for anyone, be radical, radical for, for Christ, please. Be radical for God or whatever, whatever works for you. If you're more of a spiritual person, be radical to, for your higher self. If you're a Wiccan, be radical for the universe or whatever. If you're a Muslim, be radical for Allah. If you're a Jew, be radical for whatever, whatever you do. But for me, as, as for me in my house, I will praise the Lord Jesus Christ. No, no, no judgment to what you guys do. I love you. I love all my followers, atheists, agnostics, pagans, whatever. I love all of you. You all have a place in this show. You all have a place in my community. We can talk about anything. But as for me in my house, I shall serve the Lord. As for me in my house. As for me in my house. But if you're going to be radical for anything, be radical for things that can actually help you be radical for things that are actually external to this mundane crud of an existence that we that we live from the sh these shackles that we have as human beings be radical for an idea something bigger people be radical for that when you're radical to a movement a temporal movement that is having an expiration date. When you get close to the expiration date, panic sets in. Anger sets in. And I'm not saying I don't understand the panic and the anger of many Trump supporters. I do. I understand it. But it's a misdirection of values. 
to direct that anger to the destruction of the capital. It's not okay. It's not okay. Many people are blaming the Capitol Police for this. And I agree. Where were the Capitol Police? I'm trying to figure that out. Where were the Capitol Police? One person was shot out of this. I'm looking at some things right now. And I we still don't know the, the status of that person. I don't believe we do. Excuse me for this, but this is developing as I'm talking about, and I want to actually be able to talk about it in a way that's a little bit, you know, more than just me ranting about this stuff, because I know you guys get tired of that. Yeah, so we don't know. And apparently, an explosive device was found near the Capitol. An explosive device was found near the Capitol. Lord Jesus. Check yourself, America. Check yourself. Check your. I, I've always said America is you and me. It's you and I. America isn't this abstraction. America is not this thing that a sociologist can take a little tool and and and, and like get it into submission with the tool or manipulate it so neatly for a particular effect. America is both the pristine and the ugly. America is both the clean and the dirty. America was formulated by people, by virtuous men, who had to get in the gutter sometime so they could get to the heavens. Our founders used to have fistfights, guys. I'm not saying that we have to be clean all the time. But our founders also understood that you don't get in the dirt for the sake of getting in the dirt, or you don't stay in the dirt for the sake of staying in the dirt, for the sake of trying to root out the dirt, because you might get stuck in some quicksand. We're all getting stuck in some quicksand. And some of us are literally losing our lives over it. So, one person shot. I'm seeing reports that they're dead. I don't know if that's true yet. But one person is shot. Almost every person on the right is condemning this. And what are we do? What are we doing? What are we doing? As right-leaning people, as libertarians, as conservatives, what are we doing? Many of us are condemning this, thankfully, but some of us are sitting here digging into our hills and trying to justify this. And I saw a discourse between, I guess you could call it that, discourse. <laughs> a polemical conversation between a few Trump supporters an hour ago before I began this broadcast. I was watching it in live stream. And there were these young Trump supporters, and they were yelling at this guy who was also a Trump supporter. And he said, look, guys, today's not the day. Today's not the day. And this other Trump supporter is like, then when is the day? 
when is the day? And she's screaming at the top of her lungs. I can see her veins bulging out of her skin. But when is the day? When is the day? When is the day? Then you have another younger Trump supporter, a female coming up saying, you know, get out of here. You're a traitor to our great president. You're a traitor to this. This incensed, rabid exhortations towards someone who actually supports the president and wants to see the movement get better. Maybe... My God. Maybe the biggest problem with the MAGA movement is the fact that some people are so convinced of their own righteousness that they are not willing to look at their own faults, correct them, and then proceed forth in actual righteousness. Maybe that's the big issue. Because when I saw that conversation, I'm thinking to myself, well, what, this guy's a Trump supporter just like you, and you're going to sit here and attack him as not being true enough because he doesn't want to go in there and storm the building. Oh, Jesus. I'm not going to blame the president for this. I'm not going to blame the president for this. I am going to blame people who don't have good enough sense to know when to do something, to know when to act, to know how to do something, to know how to act in prudence and in maturity, as the ancient texts say, to know how to use that third part of their tripartite soul, that rationality, I'm going to blame them. Look, if the president didn't tell him to go do violence, you cannot blame him for this. You can't do that. If I don't, the Ben Shapiro has a good standard. If I don't incite violence with you, if I don't tell you to go do something violent, I cannot be held liable. Well, he inspires this stuff. I don't, hey, I'm pretty sure I inspire people to go out and read like 50 pages of philosophy and torture their minds. I can't be held liable if they have an aneurysm and they collapse. Please don't hold me liable, please. I, Christian Watson, do not want to be held liable for any aneurysms incurred by reading philosophy. Oh, God. I'm just joking, guys, but still. I don't care what you inspire. You should watch your conduct, watch your language, watch your words. But at the same time, understand that it is okay to be excited about something, to be passionate about something, and to also be peaceful about it as well. And again, let me reiterate, not everyone at this rally was was doing this stuff. These were particular people, particular people who decided to let their passions overtake them. This is not everyone. It's not everyone. So at, at some point, guys, I encourage you. If this becomes too much, just shut the TV off, shut the live stream off, shut it all off. You don't need to feed your spirit with the news constantly. As a commentator, I have to, but there's going to come a point tonight where I'm just going to shut it all off. Because wisdom is not an abundance of knowledge. I'm going to give you guys a secret. 
Wisdom is not an abundance of knowledge. Wisdom is an abundance of prudence in relation to how one handles knowledge. Let me say that again. Wisdom is the abundance of prudence in relation to how one handles knowledge. So ask yourself, how are you handling knowledge? How are you handling that epistemic tool which all of us have in our hands, which allow us to operate in this world with objective principles. How are you handling? Or more importantly, let me ask you to be introspective as I end this broadcast. What do you believe, America? What are your values, America? What do you stand for, America? What do you stand for, Trump supporters? What do you stand for, conservatives? What do you stand for, libertarians? Are you going to let anger beat you? Are you going to let passions rule you? Are you going to let injustice be perpetuated in both your soul and the real world? Or are you going to sit down and be grateful, humbled for the gift you have as an American to experience your natural freedoms and proceed with caution with maturity because if you proceed with chaos if you proceed with anger if you proceed with violence this world will give you that all that stuff back all the texts say this all the ancient texts say this The wages of sin, death, Bible. The law of karma, what you put out comes right back. Literally every ancient text, every religion, every mystic, every philosophical truth is going to come out and tell you this story. Are you going to listen? Are you going to listen? Or are you going to sit there in your righteous indignation and be blinded towards any kind of critique. Be blinded my God. Be blinded towards be blinded against what you really need to ensure this MAGA movement, this Trump movement, this conservative movement, this movement of ideas succeeds. I don't know. You have to make the determination yourself. But as for me in my house, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to keep being in tune with my higher self. I'm going to keep being in tune with God. I'm going to keep being in tune with the maturity. I'm going to keep being in tune with philosophical truth. I'm going to keep being in tune with episode right righteousness. I'm going to keep being in tune with everything I need to be in tune with. Like a car that needs certain parts to operate. Like a car that needs oil to not burn out. I'm going to take that oil of knowledge and that pensive fire. I'm going to pour, pour it over me like an elixir. I'm going to bathe myself in it. And this is not something that I can only do. You can do it too. And you can do it simply by first checking your passions. 
If you want to go to a rally and you think you're going to get angry, don't go. Watch. Or go when you've calmed down. If you see someone in a certain way in a disparaging light, don't go to that person or don't think about that person. There are all kinds of things you can do to subdue this anger that we have inside of us, America. But the question is, will you do it? I believe all of you can do it. We are better than what I've seen today at the Capitol. We are better than this people. We are better than this conservatives. We are better than this libertarians. We are better than this. And I have great confidence that when we recognize that we are better than this, this kind of stuff will not happen anymore. But we have to recognize, we have to have that introspective hurt before we can heal. We have to. I want you guys all to think on that. But as always, my dear friends, I love you to death. Follow us on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Subscribe to us, Pensive Politics, Christian Watson on YouTube. But until next time, my friends, please, I love you and stay pensive. God bless. Love you. Have a nice night, guys.